Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the a letter of 1 Peter. It's a letter that he wrote to a group of people who were suffering because of their faith and also just suffering in life. And he wrote to comfort them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to remind them where their hope was found, to remind them that they had been born again to a living hope, to an undefiled inheritance, unperishable inheritance, unfading inheritance, kept in heaven for them, who they themselves were being kept by the power of God. In other words, to put it in the language that we often use here at Christ Church and on the daily devotion, he's writing to remind them that they had a new identity in Christ, that they had a new hope in Christ, and that they had a secure inheritance in Christ. Identity, hope, security, all found in Jesus Christ, not in the circumstances of our life. Yesterday, we looked at what is a challenging passage from a cultural standpoint in our setting that calls servants to be subject to their masters, even in the face of injustice. Here, in verses 21 through 25 that we're going to look at today, we see what undergirds that bold proclamation, that that bold imperative that Peter gives. So let me read these verses, I'll pray for us, and then we will get going. This is what Peter writes. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Father, as we look at this passage that is simultaneously incredibly comforting as we hear of the work of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and challenging as we hear what it calls us to. We ask that you would give your Spirit that we might speak and hear with his strength, that we might be affected even by the proclamation of your word this morning. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Well, yesterday we talked about the reality of suffering even at the hands of injustice. And verse 21, we looked at just briefly. And there Peter gives us the reason why he makes such a bold call. He reminds us that this is what Christ had done. Christ had suffered unjustly. If you go back and read it, even Pilate found no reason to condemn Jesus. We know that according to the law of Moses, the Torah, that he was innocent. There was no sin, no, nothing was found wrong that he should be condemned for. Yet, throughout his life, he had been condemned. Throughout his life, he had been accused of all kinds of things, of drunkenness, of, uh, uh, of operating by the power of the devil, of seeking to divide, of, of causing problems in Israel. He had, he had been accused of, all, of, of blasphemy. And so finally, they killed him. Even though all of the claims were utterly baseless and there was no evidence for anything that they were saying, they went as far as murdering 
Christ. Now, we understand that this was God's redemptive plan. We get that. But we have to see the injustice of what happened in order for verse 21 to make sense. He's basing, Peter's basing his call for us as Christians to suffer, even in the face of injustice, on the fact that Christ did. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. That's the life to which we have been called. Christ left us an example, not that we are going to die to redeem other people, but that we will suffer even unjustly as Christ did. And as we do, we are to endure it as Christ did. And verses 22 and 23 tell us exactly how he suffered, how it was that he faced this. And in verses 22 through 25, Peter goes back to Isaiah 53 and and quotes or references fairly directly almost all of Isaiah 53, 4 through 9. I'll read that in just a second. Peter first tells us, He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. That's part of the example that we're to follow. Now, I understand that we are sinners till the day we die, but we have been given the Spirit, and Paul tells us, and Peter's going to remind us of something here, that if we walk in the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Christ committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. He, he didn't let his flesh dictate his response to suffering. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. He didn't, he didn't, when he was torn down and when he was lied about and when he was cussed and when he was accused, he didn't respond in kind. When he suffered, he didn't threaten. His response to his pain, his response to his suffering wasn't, I'm going to get you, like ours so often is. Rather, what he did do, the positive side, he continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. He continued to look up to his father and say, you have me. I'm in your hands. My security is found with you. I am your child and you will keep me. Think about when something happens that scares a little kid, what do they do? They immediately look for their their mother or their father and run to them with their hands up, entrusting themselves to their parent that they might be kept safe. For some reason, the image, I don't know if this happened with one of my kids or what, but the image of of being at a zoo and and, and watching an animal and and seeing it roar or hearing it roar or or bang on the cage or something that, that startles everybody. And you see kids just reach up to their mom and dad, entrusting themselves, knowing that there's absolutely nothing they can do. They entrust themselves to their parents. You've got me. You pick me up. You carry me. This is what Christ did with his father in the face of suffering. This is what we are called to do. That's the pattern that he set for us. Like little children reaching up to our heavenly father saying, you've got me, you keep me, pick me up and carry me. You're the one. You're the one who will watch over me and keep me. That's the pattern that we've been given. 
not trying to take vengeance for ourselves, not trying to secure ourselves, not trying to to make it right in ourselves, not trying to prove, not trying to threaten, not reviling in return, but reaching up for our Heavenly Father that He might scoop us up and keep us. And it says He continued doing this. Certainly it's not a one-time thing, but it's something that we continually entrust ourselves to our Father. Then Peter tells us what exactly Jesus did, how exactly it was that he suffered. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. What was the suffering of Christ? Well, we've talked about several things, but the the ultimate issue was this, that when he hung there on the cross, he hung there as a perfectly innocent man, yet suffering for the sins of his people. He bore what he did not deserve, what was not due to him at all. He bore our sins on the tree. And then Peter gives us the purpose of all of this, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. That that was the goal that we might be redeemed from sin, not just from the judgment of God for our sin, that is most certainly part of it, but that we might be redeemed, as Paul tells us in Galatians, from this present evil age, that we might be redeemed, as Peter says here, from sin, that 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 would no longer be the controlling principle in our life, but that we might live to righteousness. Paul makes a similar statement in Romans chapter 3, where he reminds us that we must consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's actually in Romans chapter 6, now that I think about it. He says, so you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's how we're to think about ourselves because of what Christ did for us. The purpose of his living, dying, and rising again was to free us from sin, not just to free us from the wrath of God, that is part of it, but to free us from the tyrannical rule of sin. How did he do this? How can we consider this a reality? By his wounds you have been healed, Peter tells us. You were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You've returned back to the one who watches over you. You've returned to the one who keeps you. You've returned to the one who protects you. You've returned to the one who guides you. You've returned to the one who makes you lie down in green pastures, who leads you beside still waters, who leads you on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You've returned to the shepherd. That's why this is a possibility. That's why we can say there there is a hope to not sin at this point. We have been regenerated by the work of the Spirit. We have been made new. The old is passing away. The new has come. The heart of stone has been replaced with the heart of flesh. We have been brought back under the watchful, caring guardianship of the one who leads us in paths of righteousness. This is why Peter can call us to suffer even injustice 
in a holy way. In a way that honors God. Because he knows under whose authority we currently exist. And it's under the one who has already done this for us. And who now lives to shepherd us. It's under the one who fulfills the words of Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for this generation, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Because of what Christ has done, we can continue in this life following in his pattern. Because we have been healed. We have been freed from sin. And so we follow in his steps, lifting our arms up to our Father like an infant, begging to be picked up that we might be carried along even in our suffering. Might we go with Christ our Savior who went before us in suffering even as he claimed victory over sin and death. Amen. 